Hey, welcome back to Stay Tuned. As always, I am Rich. I'm Holly. And today we're joined by a special guest. I think her name is... Amy. Oh, there we go. We got... So, the current trend, we have been doing many guests for many of our episodes. It's been pretty fun so far getting an outsider's perspective on these kind of shows. But today's show is really, really interesting because it actually tackles a lot what's going on in today's climate. In today's episode, we're discussing The Handmaid's Tale. Season one. Season one. Wit. Hear me out. No spoilers. No spoilers. Holly's going to do her best to not give a spoiler away. <laughs> I don't really care. So, we're going to be uh, discussing this show today and all its themes as much as possible. And we're going to just put, you know give our opinion and obviously give our two cents about what you know the show's about to us. And it's a show that's not for the faint of heart. It has a lot of strong themes in it and topics that, you know, it's kind of taboo to talk about sometimes, you know, around your friends and family. So with that being said, this is for a uh, mature audience. So kids out there, if you're listening, right, you know, please walk away until your parents go to bed and listen to this podcast later. So, <laughs> with that being said, sit back like I'm doing right now. Get your tea, get your drink. And let's just dive into season one of The Handmaid's Tale. Yay. So. You gonna go over the overview? Overview. So I'll give a little overview. I'll be the man right now. The enemy, by the way, overall, is the man. Men are the enemy of this show. You can't win. If you have a, a male chromosome, you're just a, a villain, you know, out of the gate, unfortunately. we, Our character, our main protagonist, um, June... She basically gets thrust into this world when where women have no rights but to be vessels for conception, which sounds insane by any other terms. I can't even say how crazy this sounds. Her name gets changed to Offering, and this, this this can be a lot of things. When I first heard the name, I was confused because why would they change their names? But it seems like to me when they change these names of the women who actually have become part of this new civilization they're taking away their last bit of personality and making them to just like i said earlier a vessel so they renamed the, these people to become nothing but maidens you know and they are out there and they get sent to homes to basically be like once again vessels again and they their sole purpose is to just push out babies and if you do not you know fall within the right category like if you are a homosexual if you don't fall you know, within the rules of the society. You can be tortured, you could be killed, dismembered, and other various things. Yes. So, I can pass off to Holly now to go into more detail about this show. Sorry. And we're going to talk about the characters of the show. I mean, I, I talked about uh, Offered already, but we can talk about the other characters who actually are involved in her life and her struggle. Sure. So, the main characters in season one that we meet, June, Luke, Hannah, Moira, Fred, Serena Joy, and then Nick. And you can't forget Aunt Lydia. Aunt Lydia. Oh, Aunt yes. Lydia. Oh, my gosh. Yes. She was a... Totally forgot about it. We can't forget about her. Well, it's Aunt for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we get into the people, there were four different types of female classes, I guess, to say. There are the wives, the aunts, the Marthas... The Handmaids and the Jezebels. So the wives uh, wore a tealish blue mm -hmm. dresses. 
very modest. The ants wore brown habits. Um, their duty was to train the handmaids. They were the only literate women that were in the show. Um, the Marthas wore green. They basically did the housework and they um, were infertile. The handmaids were in the red cloaks with the white headgear. Again, their goal and purpose in life in this was to bear children for the wives. Um, the Jezebels that we meet later on were the ones that wore revealing and glamorous clothing mm -hmm. and just used for sex. But do you feel it? So with that being said, I mean, they, they all, to a degree, were just being used for another sole purpose for something else. And if, you, well, actually, you know, let's just... Pause for a moment. Well, a live pause. Once again, we do this episode in one take. We don't reshoot anything. We're joined here by the lovely, the eloquent, Yay. the fantastic Sharon, who's going to give her insight. Now we have two guests. So, Sharon, can you say hi? Hi. Oh, well, that is your, <laughs> that is your, is that your podcast voice or your That's 800, our podcast. Or your 800 That's voice? That's because I'm laying next, sitting Ooh. next to you voice. This is, oh, uh, boy. This podcast got definitely from late night views, for sure. <laughs> so we just started. Okay. We just got into... Hi. Hi. Talking about the characters and the main role, the four, four or five roles of women in Gilead. Yes. So you know the wives, the aunts, Martha's handmaids, and the Jezebels. <laughs> Jezebels. Jezebels. You know, I do look at the show as the fact that they could have done this in a a period piece like setting in a in a fake world, but it's kind of cool how they actually have the setting take place in current day. Yeah. Like, they had the Ubers out there. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I know that uh, platform. And yeah. I'm like, what? This world is crazy. Well, when what it, do we do? When it first started, I was very confused where it was going because yeah. it started in modern-day Boston, and I was all of a sudden we transformed into why is everyone wearing weird outfits and what is happening. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure well, where that was going. First, can I talk? Yeah. yeah I think when we first saw it, I actually thought it was, written recently but when amy gave me the book and i started reading it it was actually written in the 80s i want 80s. to say 80s? The 80s okay so oh. it was very margaret atwood's novel ah. yes it was very um telling mm -hmm. how very. close it could be to today <laughs> yeah <laughs> as amy would love to say what are, you, what are you talking about i think this amy thinks it's very today I don't see any themes that even correlate with that at all whatsoever. So, <laughs> now online I was reading about the clothing especially. They were suggesting that the wives' blue outfits were representing the Virgin Mary, possibly. And that the handmaid's red outfits were kind of based on Jacob's wives. It's see, the red Bible. outfit reminds me of, like, the scarlet letter. You're the whore that can yeah. have the baby. Yes. That's what I thought the same exact thing. Oh Without gosh. being a letter, it's a color. Yeah. yeah. You're identified. So what's any different? So, very I mean, interesting. I mean, we have done this over history. Different cultures, cultures have done it. I mean, during the Holocaust, they did a star. So people have done different things, whether it be a color or a shape to distinguish someone. So does even... There's even classes, right? Even within the, within the handmaids as well? Like, the certain level of handmaid you are? Like, you can only do certain things? Is that what you're trying to get at? Or, yeah, and okay. I think, too, classes and also women. I think, usually, you think women would stick together. 
but it seems like in this they've actually they're okay with dividing themselves. Mm. It's a kind of more like, like a human nature kind of thing. Humans, well, I th- we are still animals at heart. You know that? I mean, and we will always do either fight or flight. So if we find ourselves being threatened, we will then, to a degree, we will like roll with who's winning. You know, that's why people like, just, like jump ship. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going here. You know, I, I want to live. You know, so I'm going to do what it takes to live. I'm going to just conform with these people's views and just to deal with it to survive. But and that's in, what the, in are animal doing. cultures, a lot of women are the the fighters and the leaders and the hunters. Sometimes. Well, I mean, and most you know, like. Lions do as well. Lionesses like should do a lot of the hunting. And the yeah. dad hangs out and uh, gets, gets reaps the benefit. Gets, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got me yesterday. I got me a, a gazelle just handed to me from my, my wife. She goes, "Here you go. I found it yesterday at the supermarket." Like, thanks, my little lioness. A little lioness. Yeah, she's cute. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell Jess you called her your little lioness. Oh, she'll hear yeah. it. No, she oh. will. She'll hear it. <laughs> she, she's up to this whole thing, so it's mm-hmm. fine. And she lets me know, but she's listen, you being rude last week. And so she, oh, she, she tells you. Oh, yeah, she's oh. my biggest critic. Oh. Okay. But no, so I mean, like, Sharon was saying, like, you know, the women are up there just giving it everything. And the men are literally in, in the show just reaping the rewards. Like, they're out there just, I mean, having sex to make babies and, and you know even after the kid is born they don't even raise them you know they're raised by someone else they're raised by the wives and the commanders I don't get the whole ritual thing I think that's really do you get the me. ritual thing like what it's what the just, whole process they have to go through when it's just to justify it I mean, yeah it's to justify the fact that this guy the, your husband is raping some other woman in the hopes that he knocks her up yeah he, and, you, and yeah. you're there so if you're it. there saying bible stuff that just makes it all better mm. yeah oh. There you go. Under the guise of religion, it makes it all okay. Yeah, oh, pretty much. No, no. <laughs> I think that was a sarcastic statement, Rich. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because Serena Joy was a writer and an activist when before all of this happened, before this whole world happened. Mm-hmm. But the book she made was all about a woman's place and how they you have to be a christian you have a christian and moral responsibility to be mothers and that doesn't mean that you're weak so domesticality and meekness doesn't equate to weakness in her book so i thought that was interesting that she kind of wrote that and then she was commander fred's wife who could uh, have tea parties and do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. It's pretty much. Oh, it's pretty nice when it happens, right? How convenient. Yeah, I mean, Serena Joy is quite a quite an interesting character. Yeah, they're so they're so contrary because you throw religion in there, which I think religion is supposed to be positive, but then in the in the guise of religion, they're doing horrible things. Yes, I mean, to justify what oh, they're doing. Once again, we've been doing, doing this for years. People have been using religion to justify many things. Like, obviously, this is a work of fiction, but you think about the Crusades, you know, and, the, and these classic holy wars. They, they fought for the Holy Land because it was God's, you know, divine will, or even things like Joan of Arc, how she was, she heard God and or angels to say, hey, I'm going to go fight and break their war. And the other guys of religion, once again, uh, we always do that. I know we 
It's actually a pretty great story I read years ago. Uh, Dante's at Inferno. Mm-hmm. You remember that story? So Dante is this, he's a holy war crusader, and he's out there fighting. Because during, during the war, he he took refuge with a, with a woman that wasn't his wife or girlfriend. I forgot. They were, I'm not sure if they married or not. Anyway, he, he broke that bond to her. But because it was during, because he was absolved of it by this field priest, it's okay. You know, so I mean, and then Dante, and then she sold her soul to the devil, and he basically had to go there and fight to get her back. And that was one of his like many trials of Dante he had to take. But he did it all under the, you know, under the guys of interest. You put out there quite frequently. So we can we can do that all day. We could say, well, God told me to do this, so it's cool. You know, or we could be like, well, there's always sh-. evil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have the right to choose good or evil. But we they have free will. We have free will. People in this world, Gilead, got Gilead. Right? Yes, Gilead. They literally chose the worst way to save society. <laughs> so. They chose, or was it the group from that created Gilead? Basically, the sons of Jacob. So is it? I still haven't quite figured out. Is it just a small section of people that are continuing to live like that? Um, is the rest of the world like? There's Have parts we seen of, that yet? Well, we saw, we've seen Canada, and Canada's well, like, hey, anybody who wants to, run here because we're normal. Yeah. <laughs> well, we no. also know from... <laughs> no, I'm going to Florida. You're going to Florida. Florida, no we, way. <laughs> we also know from season one that the Mexican trade representatives came in, and so we know that they're having troubles as well, but they haven't adapted this whole handmaid's thing yet but uh serena joy made it seem oh so positive and happy <laughs> that they decided to ignore all the suspicions they had and they're like oh yeah sure let's make a deal anyway you guys give us handmaids and we'll give you i don't know what it was coffee or, or something coffee, something ridiculous so is this not equivalent to a slavery of sorts you yes. tell me tell me folgers coffee equates to a woman's body <laughs> Jess would like to hear that too. Starbucks is going to be doing well. <laughs> Can I get a double mocha frappe with a uh, side of a blonde? Great. Here's a fertile woman. Here's a fertile woman. Send her back. Awful. <laughs> Jeez. Mm. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about the Red Center when we first came in? Yeah, please. God. That place is awful. Um, everything in this whole show is pretty awful. Well, that's it's true, but like, center. it's where Aunt Lydia takes them all to teach that's them that they're they going to be first go. good girls and yes, do what they say, or else they're going to get beat or killed or sent so to the colonies. This, yet again, is that not equivalent to when, can you say, uh, when like gays were not accepted and they were sent to? Yeah. Well, Relig- or whatever the religious be, camps uh, to beat oh. the gay out of them yes to oh, teach them to not do that or this is if you have this education we're going to make you better it's, a, see, it's very I, similar I see it as that and also see ways like me being a former US Army soldier like when we first joined the army we're like fresh civilians right off a bus and the first thing that we you know we go off a bus and we get yelled at by these big drill sergeants, you know, and they break you down, they call you names, and they just insult you, and they break your sleep for days on end, and they, they condition you. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're conditioning these women to, to be handmaids. Mm-hmm. And they are being, and it's, it's, it's a concept of um, being broken down and then being adjusted to have groupthink. So now they go, okay, this is the way the world is right now. If you don't accept it, 
you're gonna be punished for it. And after a while, you just your body shuts down from so much constant pain and suffering. You can only fight so much, you know. And maybe their willpower wasn't as great as the others. And some people just forget who they are, and they just get sucked into that society and that in that culture. And then from there, the handmaids who are then you know conditioned to be true handmaids, they just live that life and just try yeah. to the best that they, they can do. It's it's actually something that people do quite a bit. It's like going to the gym as well. You go to the gym, you, you, you're like a scrawny little guy, but you work out hard and then you're sore and then you rest and then your body becomes used to this pain and then you do it more and more and more and then your body becomes used and you get stronger. These handmaids are the opposite. They go there, they get destroyed and they be told that they're worthless. They have like one sole purpose. Be a mom, get babies to these, these people here. That's it. You have no other purpose. You don't even have a name anymore. Don't even be a mom. It's just give birth. Yeah. That's you know? it. I and think they let them breastfeed for a little while, and then they kick oh, them out. Maybe, oh, maybe maybe a couple of weeks. I, mean, thought, I thought was, there's a scene where the woman had a baby, and they just, within like a minute or two, they say, oh, thank you. Yeah. They just took it right out. Like, aren't they like, aren't they like wet nurses almost? Because they don't have the baby other than to just feed. Right? Yes. Right. No. The baby's not around except to feed. Which is crazy. crazy. How much of this is coming back see i told you of course we're not gonna see what happens till next year well remember we're only on season one yeah don't do spoilers sorry yes well we're gonna see it very soon very soon (laughs) kind of what you were just saying though about breaking you down and getting them into a ritual and getting them used to it then they go into the salvagings Mm. so that was a ritual that was designed for them to kind of get their anger out so they don't come and, you know, try to uh, take their anger out on their commander. I mean, so, how much can they really do to a commander? Like, like, I honestly, mean, if they didn't take their <coughs> anger out on this, they probably could do a little bit more, as you see later on in the season. Yes. You know, but... But I think that's why they're separated, because there's always... You can You're never have stronger in numbers. Yeah, and you so can, if they keep them just isolated. with their walking partner, right? So only in twos. Yeah. I mean, you really can't do much. You never can you, meet up with anybody. You know, else. Amy put a good point out about the walking partners. Mm. Um, the 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 handmaid's garb, that hat they wear. Can someone tell me what that? The wings. The, the whatever it's called. Look at the flying nun. Well, you're like, also only looking forward. You yes, can't see. Yes. And you can't look at the anywhere. side. No peripheral vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is another way that the society is controlling the handmaids. Literally tell them where they can look. Yep. That, to me, is, I think, amazing um, writing right there. And shows how far, like, the writer of this story actually put into this this concept of, like, pure control and domination of, of, of a person's, you know, well-being. And I think it's kind of cool. Not, I mean, it's not cool that... It's it's good writing. Is what I'm yes, <laughs> that, that's a much it's better. Like, cool, that, that's interesting. You're in a room with three women. <laughs> he already knew he was gonna be yeah, down. Yeah. The, but it is. It's it's puts you in a very subservient position where I, you don't see anything other than what's right in front of you. I have sisters, by the way, so I can't be too bad. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> <laughs> true. Holly's my sister-in-law, so I can't be too bad. That's true. That's true. There you go. It's very true. And you got um, Corey, too. Yeah, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call her. Mm. So, it was interesting then with um, Janine uh, yeah. in the show. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, 
I mean, you could talk about that. That's not a huge no, 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 no. I'm just going to talk about her in general. She was just one of the handmaids. Yeah. And you'll see her when you watch the show. If you've seen the show, you already know who she is. Mm-hmm. But she's just one of the handmaids. And um, something that had happened with her was interesting because, like you were talking about before, how they break you down. She kind of had that whole thing. She was very strong-willed, very outspoken in the beginning. And she ended up being one of the most subservience later on it's just like I said before you're going to take so much like how much fighting can a person do to actually to say I can't take any more of these beatings I mean it's a shame what happens in these stories here and what I noticed about about Alfred is this one scene when she's um, this is a this is a big spoiler but she's you know the commander and her they're you know they're hooking up I mean Consummating. I mean, how do you explain what, what's what's going They're on? They're having there? the ceremony. The ceremony. You can't yes. see. Uh, Amy just did air quotes. But anyway, <laughs> they're having a ceremony, and everybody's there. You know, I, hell, you know, I'm there. You know, cheering people on. You can do it. But and offering it in her head, she's like just totally out of her. She can't. She's not there. You know, she's sitting there. You have and, to separate yourself from yeah. that situation, otherwise, I feel like she would lose it. Yeah, I mean, most definitely. I mean, and she's talking to some like, hey, you know, like, she's in her head saying, oh, my gosh, just finish already. You take it forever. And, you know, she's like, it's like doing, it's like, you know, doing your taxes, right? Is it done yet? <laughs> I'm bored with this. <laughs> and now, this guy probably thinks he was doing some major work. <laughs> Sorry. For Don't me. men always think they're doing some major work? <laughs> okay, first of all, stop that. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. Okay? That's fine. <laughs> I, if I had a Yelp review for my work, okay, it'd be like <laughs> immaculate, like five stars across the board. You know, we'll we'll refer to a friend or two, all right? Jeez. So this is such a terrible concept. Why do is. people find this series so in just captivating? Amy, thoughts? Is it? Have you this? looked around lately? <laughs> It's it's kind of scary, but a little terrifyingly realistic. Close to home, it could be. I guess people like to follow along, and that show shows that pretty uh, drives the point home that so you get somebody like with a do just a little bit, then they guess a little bit more, and then a little bit more. You, you feel that the society's going that route of like pure domination? I don't totally. I think she thinks more of that than I do. I still give the world hope. hope. <laughs> Sharon's got her rose-colored glasses. <laughs> this person, Amy and you guys are just, what a dynamic. Like, like the worst Batman and Robin over here. <laughs> That's what people find fascinating about us. We have very diverse views yeah but yet we find a way to talk about our diverse views take it put it away we're done and then we move on with our world yeah now if you could take that and put it in a bigger concept could the whole world not do that well they obviously not do that in the handmaid's tale world they didn't have that discussion at all no no, no. I don't what episode so. will that be <laughs> I think you gotta wait. So uh, maybe 2020, 30, 40. It's called the year 3000. I don't be here to worry about it. But what we can worry about is our character Alfred, right? Alfred. Alfred. 
how she... AKA June. June. Okay, June Alfred. We could just call her whatever she wants. I mean, she goes by Alfred still because yes. you, you once again, you, your name is gone. We see her evolve throughout the show. How she never really loses herself, which I find interesting. She does play the game really well. And, That's and very true. She plays the game really well. She speaks when spoken to. She doesn't like just causing trouble, but she is like very like. She is kind of. She definitely tests the water. She definitely did with the uh, commander quite a bit. Because yep. she knows that she has the goods. She goes, listen, yeah, I got these hips, girl. You know, I make them babies. So uh, she's a commodity as well. You can't throw away these good women who can make babies. This, that's wasteful. So to a degree. Oh, Sharon, here you go. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. No, no, I'm just but, thinking. <sighs> but now, minor spoiler. Of course, Hollywood do it. Shut up. <laughs> Minor. I. We find out in season one that it's not the women that are infertile. It's the men. So. We all have bad days. <laughs> <laughs> so they keep putting it on, it's all the women's fault. It's all your fault. You're the one that can't do this. But it's not. Because we find out that Commander can't get, Commander Fred cannot get Offered pregnant. But we find out later that Offered gets pregnant by someone else. Uh oh, someone trouble. So I find that a nice talking point that they keep blaming women. So this is actually really interesting because we as a society, this is, this is a podcast for the week, we usually do shows and reviews about movies and whatever and this has become a political landscape and a minefield so to speak <laughs> and, and you're all by yourself I'm all by myself here but you know what though once again i'm uh i'm pretty woke you know i watch uh, the kardashians once in a while yeah. and i know <laughs> we as a society we are so quick to pass the buck how many times when we were like in school or we have siblings we're like who broke this I didn't do it. It was so-and-so. Or, oh, like, or if you're at work, right, you make, you make a mistake. Right? Well, it wasn't my fault. It's because, mm. and, it, and we have an excuse for everything. I have an old squad leader that, who mentored me back in the Army. His name was Richard Switzer. And this is a funny thing he told me before. I was a young private, and I kept saying, I'm sorry, you know, I don't know what happened. It, it's because it's X, Y, and Z. And he's like, you know what, Harris? Excuses are like assholes. Everybody has one. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so, and to this day, I keep that in the, in, the, in the back of my brain because that's what people were doing. They're just passing the buck and trying to make an excuse for their shortcomings and their misdoings. Opposed to saying, I screwed up. How do I get, how do I do better next time? So, once again, people in this world have not done that because the men can't get it. The ladies still got it. What? What's, what you got, Sharon? Mm. Maybe that's the whole concept. What? Men find it very <laughs> difficult to accept the short, short falling. No, nah, man. I'm good. I'm <laughs> and women know that it's not always our fault. Well, I mean, Sharon, have you met you? I mean, <laughs> no, I'm far from being a saint. Oh, yeah. That is the truth. Always that the truth. It's very difficult. But men, you know, even when we have babies at work, it's whether they have a boy or a girl is not has zero to do with us. What are you talking about? 
No, it's all all you guys. There's no magical wand that goes, I want a girl. No, it's oh, the, no, it's no, no, your no. Unless you're a Kardashian, then they're rich. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that's societal. I think because men want to be in control of everything, and God forbid you have a woman that has a brain. There's a lot which of is why men don't want women with brains. Which is why in this what? show, they don't let women be literate and read anymore. They can't play chess. They can't do anything except for the Lydia's or the the ants. I'm sorry. This is literally this is literally societal slavery all over again. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because literally, like this, the slaves of the old days as well. Instead of being of color, now it's a gender. Yeah. And they couldn't read. They couldn't write. Because back then, reading and writing was actually a crime punished by death if you were an African-American back then. And it happened quite a bit. Now here, kind of same concept again, though. If you break these rules... You yeah, there's punished. something's going to happen. I mean, there's there could be body and parts missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things like that. And oh, yeah. Yep. The burns on your skin. They did everything. You can lose, you can lose an eye. Yeah, I mean, you, you you're seeing too much. You're gonna lose that eye. Yeah, don't look around. <laughs> Keep your head forward. And those are those wings you call the Holly? Those wings? Yeah, but isn't yeah. that a bigger picture? That's why you look at this thing and you look at it. This is a bigger picture than just the story that it's telling. This this story was 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 written and the show was made to do, to do just that, and that was to have this discussion, not the same discussion, but to have this happen right now. To have an open discussion between people. Because we can speak, we can say all day and say, well, I see why I did this right here, and we can agree why it happened, but at the same time, too, we can sit here and say why it's so messed up, and we can then offer our views about how we will fix it. But is that what they did, too? And they said, hey, this world's kind of messed up, how can we fix it? And we have people at the top not thinking properly and taking the shortcut and not getting everybody together to do the right thing. They said, hey, no, we they're trying up. to find a, a solution for the top few and screw the rest of everybody else. Well, that's the same thing as like the idea of classes again. You yeah. Know, you take care of yourself before, before anybody else, but the people at the bottom take care of you. Yeah, exactly. Because without the people at the bottom, People at the top aren't, they're still not going to have kids. Yeah, I mean, this, we are, as a society, we are symbiotic. You just can't be a multimillionaire by yourself. People have to work for you or have this great, amazing idea to work. So you work for any kind of company, like like me, I work for a company that does X, Y, and Z, but I guarantee you that the president of my company cannot do the things that I do, you know, mm-hmm. but because he paid his dues, he sits where he sits for a reason. You know, so he and so people like that, they, they feel entitled. I'm not saying my, my president feels entitled at all, yeah, but I'll say people in this in this show feel like, hmm, I should be a man of great stature and value, so I should have the pick of the best of everything I want. And yeah, that happens a lot actually, but I know we had this before in one of our talks about Parasite about how classes were so important. Oh, yes, and even in the movie called Snowpiercer. There's a class system on that train. There's a system that you are richer and you have more uh, clout. You're at the front of the train and you eat actual food. But as you go back further and further to the train, you get poorer and you eat these gel bars, which are actually made out of bugs. So it's a good movie, Snowpiercer. Check it out, Snowpiercer. A little little (laughs) insert there if you can, please. Woohoo! Yeah, a little insert there. But I do want to ask Sharon a question about some of the Handmaid's Tale. Who was your favorite character? Uh, season one. Without spoiling season one. Season one. 
Do you need a recap of who's in season one? I still think the the hero is Alfred is is my hero because she's still she knows how to play the game Mm -hmm. and she still has hope. She's smart, but yet she bides her time. And I think knowledge is power and I think she has the knowledge. But she's waiting to use it at the right time. Do you feel like Offer was a protagonist that you can relate to? <laughs> wow. That's a tough... Um, no, I don't think I'm as smart as she was. She's very... I'm more... I say what I'm thinking probably too quickly. Yeah, you as I, do. You would not do well with Handmaid's World. No, no, no. I would have been dead a long time. You would have been... I'm, I'm Jezebel's or the colonies. That's where I'm going. She would have I would have ran. Amy's over there. <laughs> I think Amy left last week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, boy. Yeah. I have this thing about uh, a main character. It doesn't matter about gender at all whatsoever. Is If a main character has certain traits that I find redeeming, I can then see a part of myself in them and say, okay, this person actually speaks to me to a degree. And the character offered is quick on her feet and she's smart and she's, you know, she's a talented woman. And I can relate to her to a degree. Obviously, I'm not a woman, but I can relate to the fact that she has this strong will. It's almost an iron will she has, too. Like, she, and like Sharon said, she bides her time. And she she has this plan that she wants to, like, really, like, enact. And it's really important that she that she knows the consequences of this plan, too. But she has this hope that the people who want to rebel are actually going to lead her to somewhere safe and to get her, her world back in a world, you know. But remember, she doesn't just have a will. She has that drive because, again, as we have talked about in previous podcasts, family love. Yeah, Who is she working for? She's working to get back with her family. Yeah. And what bigger drive is that to get your family back? You know, this is a constant... I mean, especially a kid, so... Constant theme. God, if we could give away a spoiler, we would say that she was pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I will allow one spoiler, Sharon. <laughs> I did that. No, I'm not going to go there. I'm just saying. The audio just got spiked. You got so excited. <laughs> give, him, give her a spoiler, Holly. Holly got a spoiler. Why don't you just take her and go? You just shake her. Uh, shake a handmaid syndrome. Oh, oh, I will say the one quote that I absolutely loved in season one was they should have never given us uniforms if they didn't want us to make an army. Oh, yeah, that's some deep stuff right there. And that was in season one, and I absolutely loved that. Offred said that when they were trying to get Offred and the other handmaids to kill one of the other handmaids for something that had happened. So, not a spoiler, but, you know, it's there. I thought that was an interesting... What do you think of that, Amy? I, I think you're right. And the quote is right. Like, they wanted them all to conform to be this thing, and now they're all in it together, and where are they going to go with it? Mm-hmm. Is that what it always takes? That It takes that one spark to start, uh, just, you know, start like a revolution? Mm-hmm. That one person to say, you know what? Enough's enough, and I'm willing to fight. Because at this point... What do we have to lose? Exactly. Are what, you just going to stay anyway. like this? You can't have children forever. So yeah. your your span of your life is limited. God, can, I can't even imagine just having kids one after another, Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. We have a few we could tell you. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, 
Jesus. The three of us are in the healthcare field. We see this a lot. But I have people telling me they have like 10 kids. I'm like, Jesus. Like, how? Like, Why? No. That's, oh, God. That's awful. Jeez, man. 10 kids work for free. Ugh. <laughs> I like money way too much to do that. Well, I mean, but in this situation, they don't even use money. It's all a bartering system. But still, yes. you know. Now, that might be a nice thing. I, I do. A bartering I, system? You want to barter for babies? No, it's not <laughs> babies. But I think, what is really money worth now? Money is a piece of paper that's useless. I don't know. It gets I mean, you I almost nowadays. think, I mean, <laughs> to do a service. Like, you, you know, you paint really nice glasses. You do all this work. Well... Amy wants something that she has, has something. Why do we not do more? Oh, man. It sounds like you're a communist at this point. <laughs> it's so weird. It's not really a communist. It's useless. Soviet Russia. <laughs> I don't think they're bartering over in Soviet Russia. I don't know. Do they got toilet paper? <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> you, know, you know a guy that knows a guy? I know a guy. Does he also have wipes? <laughs> no. No, no, no. No, no. No lights all, just all handy wipes. Anyway, <laughs> so with that being said, Amy, your favorite character from The Handmaid's Tale. It can be offered. It, it doesn't matter. I kind of like Nick. Oh, let's hear about it. We haven't he's really just, spoken about Nick. You just, you don't really know what he's about. He seems to be just kind of hanging around, taking everything in, watching everybody. She's got a crush. He's mysterious. Yeah, he is mysterious. He's got mm-hmm. that bad boy look to him that I like so much. Oh. But he is willing to, this is kind of spoilery, but he's willing to work with Offred on some things, a special project, if you will. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let's call to, it uh, <laughs> Her special project. Oh, fun. And just, I don't know, he's kind of just there, but there. I like it. I like yeah. it. He's, he's, work, he's working that special project. Oh, he definitely is. Mm. He's actually really uh, important to, uh, to the plot, which is kind of cool because he shows... They use the character Nick, and this is what I think. I, I could be totally wrong. I've been wrong before in the past, obviously. But they use Nick as a vessel for us. Like, like, hey, not all men are, like, you know, fully bad. And this is a guy who wants to do something because he sees that there is something wrong with the system. And Nick being that person. Once again, Nick's not the hero of, of the story. This is definitely a story for the ladies. This thing was, like, about Beyonce all day, you know. Ladies rise up. But... Nick is a character that you can get behind and go like, okay, men are told crap, but this guy here, he's got something. Yeah, I'm, yeah, but there's something about him. You just when you think he's good, no, he I'm not saying says good. something that like. But he's playing the game. You got to play the game. Kind of like Alfred. He, he makes me nervous. That's the whole point, because he has to say, okay, if I am, let's say once again, an office right setting. And we're talking, we're talking, and I can't say something rude to you in front of, like, the seniors up there, you know, like, in the uh, workplace. But he's like, listen, they're all gone now, Alfred. Listen, this place is creepy. You know, you guys are just wearing these really bad clothes. Like, <laughs> let's get you into a, an Adidas hoodie. You know what <laughs> I mean, stuff like that. But you have to play the game to know, because he knows for a fact, if he helps the handmaid, he dies. Okay? He just, he, he can die. You know, and it's not—it's not smart of him to do that, but he's willing to take that chance to do something about this world. Now, albeit though, it, he can be a little shifty sometimes, but that means he's doing his job really, really well. That's what I think, at least. I could be wrong, 
Thoughts. But if they look back on history, what they're doing, they know, is futile. It's not going to last. Different cultures have tried to do this, what, they've, what they're tempting to do, over the years, and it never works out. It's an experiment. You want to keep trying until something sticks? Mm. Isn't, um, what do they say? Your future, if, you know, if you don't want to, you can't remake the, how does this thing go? Um, you got ideas. Those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it? Yeah, yeah. there you go. Amy's yeah. on fire, by the way. Amy's <laughs> 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 got all that, that quick stuff here. You don't have it. You should work with her. Drinking that water. See that bad boy, Nick. She's like, oh, Nick. Mm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Look at that. You can drive me around in that dark Mercedes anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> are they Mercedes? What are they? No, they're not Mercedes. Yeah, I think so. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely have that. Oh, oh yeah, they did. Because, you know, they still have nice things. Oh, you gotta have nice things. Yeah, <laughs> as, they, as they're driving through the burned out shell of what's <laughs> left of the place. Look, we got a nice car, at least. You're trying mm. to show off, like, hey, listen, we got a date tonight in this uh, hellhole. You want to cop my Mercedes? <laughs> oh, you, you have a full tank of gas? Yeah. And they got coffee, too. <gasps> coffee? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Maybe even some meat. Ooh. What? You have a ham and cheese? Oh, put a ring on my finger. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the show overall, and I can say this right here, and, and uh, my. My um, my thoughts here. The character uh, offered to me spoke the most, like I said earlier, because she's strong, but it never it never waves really. And like I said earlier too, one of these things that we keep happening by, and this this is just by coincidence though, by this familial love and how far you'll go for your family. We keep doing this every single week. I don't know how we keep doing this, Holly. But next time we won't do any family love. It's going to be just. A mess of horror movies next week. Yes, but because it's Halloween, a whole month. Yeah, a whole month of horror. I mean, horror. And this, oh, Amy knows horror. And <laughs> this is actually this. This is a good way to actually lead up to our horror uh, month because this is a. I always find things the most scary when they can possibly happen. Yeah. And I'll give you an example right now, too. Right? We know that zombies aren't a thing. They're not real. We know that King Kong and Godzilla can't really happen unless we get an iguana and a monkey to fight <laughs> in a cage somewhere. But we, but people turning on people. And people trying to subjugate someone else based on their views can happen at any time, you know? And we see it happen even in, in today's world. We see it happen even in schools, you know? We see people bending because they they lost their free will. They, they, they're not, they can't think for themselves, so they just conform to someone else's own views and ideals. So for me, The Handmaid's Tale is actually very dystopic horror for society. And it's actually kind of scary because the idea of someone losing their rights as a whole, to me, I find nerve-wracking. Absolutely. I agree with you. Sherry, you keep making a face like Link would have hit me. And I get that. I'm super adorable. And like, so are funny. these movies like subliminal messages like telling oh us that this could really happen? So what is, get what your is, crap together and don't let it happen. Fiction is nothing but that. It, these things that could happen. We can even go back to 1984, you know, that book that was written, remember that? Yep. 1984? Or we can... We can yeah. say that, Big Brother. Uh, you know, we could do this all day. You could take any bit of literature, right, and say, "Whoa, that can happen right now." You can watch the Matrix, and be like, "Whoa, the Matrix." We could live in, in like people are being controlled by AI, and we're making robots to whatever. You could do that in any concept, but you just gotta dig deep enough to find it and be like, "Okay, this is a, this is totally a thing." You know, we watch we we watch Free Willy, like Free Willy, man, that that whale had a heart. You know, <laughs> I mean, if you want to dig I that do. deep, 
you, you, if you want to dig that deep, so be it, and more power to you. But I try to, you know, I try to see at face value what the the author of this story was trying to put out there, and about if we take away people's rights, doesn't matter women or men, this is what happens: people and society will collapse on in itself. So we have to be open minded and discuss everything before making such a rash decision like this the handmaids becoming handmaids was like how many ideas did you run by the board be like you know what this is this sounds like yeah, the best one yeah 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 he was like like how did i even get past like, well that's the thing how did this because what by the time we start this in season one they're already because it was a group of there. men in so a patriarchal how did, society how did you get all these women that was to just, just like, like oh yeah i'm gonna put the outfit on. okay so i'm Okay, I just think Is that coming like later? Oh man, you're just attacking me right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm on episode of The View. Come on, come on. Oh, no. Jeez. No, no, no. Get attacked yeah. left and right. What's going on here? But no, I mean, that's just how I I um, look at the uh, this media. And I think that media can be put in any kind of facet to talk to somebody. Like I said earlier, too, you get a, you, you get a main character that, that speaks to you, that, that means the writer did something right. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. If the main character has traits that, that you find endearing or you find like you know worthy of your time, you go, I'm, I'm gonna keep watching. And that's people watch these kind of shows because not because they're like scary to watch because they want to see the, the evolution of this character. Like me, I'm invested and I want to see what happens to offer next season because I didn't watch season two or three yet at all. Oh God, my, you're way far behind. Well, I take my time, Holly. Okay. <laughs> wow. So you are way behind. Okay, so I have a lot of things going on right now. Okay, <laughs> so I, for one, if I was to give a rating of season one of The Handmaid's Tale on a scale of one to what's Holly? Five. Yes, you got it. The worst <laughs> being a Fast and Furious, and the yeah. best being Godfather. Yes, the Godfather. Yeah. I give The Handmaid's Tale season one a four point five. Same. 4.5 out of 5. An amazing plot that talks to themes of today and also days of past. A great cast of actors. Um, the woman who leads the show, I forgot her name, Elizabeth Olsen, is a fantastic actress. I love her in, in everything that she's ever done. I first saw her in Mad Men, and, and she was Peggy Olsen, and she was fantastic in that show. She's a fantastic actress. The cast is stellar across the board. The writing is on par. The sets, the costumes are amazing. The pacing of the show does not drag, which I like. When a show drags on, I will change the, yeah. the channel. I don't. I don't listen. No, I, this keeps you on like your yeah. edge of your seat. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I don't want fluff. Just give me obviously, right? You know, don't don't speed through it though. But give me enough bits to make me go, hmm, what's gonna happen next week? You know, really, really keep me invested. And I think what they did, what Hulu did, this is a Hulu by the way. Uh, they said weekly. Smart move because it gives people a chance to go. Hey, All right? Have an offer last week. <laughs> oh, she cried. <laughs> <laughs> that killed me because when I first watched this, I saw season one and two. Okay. And then three was already out, so I could binge watch one and two. As soon as season three came out, I had to wait every week, and I was dying. I was like, "This sucks. <laughs> I don't want to wait a week. I just you, want to binge through it." You are definitely a binger. I don't know how you. Do I, it, am, I am. I am. I hate waiting. I'm, I'm like, very impatient. I'm like, mm, this is pretty good. Now I want to talk to you. They go, hey, Jess. And Jess, and Jess actually watched it with me, too, some episodes. And she's like, this is really hard for me to watch. And she had to, she she stopped at episode three. She's like, I can't do this anymore. And because she was like, 
it's too it, she said to me too she goes this seems like this could actually happen and I don't like it mm. and so she stopped yep and it's cool you know she watched some horror movie after that you know so <laughs> <laughs> that might happen too yeah yeah, see, when I first started watching it, the first couple episodes, I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. But then I got to the one episode, and it was just like, it just opened my eyes to Which all of it. It was the one when they went and we learned about Jezebel's. Yeah, when they oh, get... okay. And then you see just who rules are for. Yeah, that's, that and, was uh, rules are for. That's interesting. No, remember, because they had the whole discussion. Yes. Like, okay. Yeah, and uh, it just was interesting. So I was hooked, and now I'm waiting patiently till 2045 or whenever the next <laughs> yeah. season is going to come. Yep. I think it's coming. Well, I mean, I had a I had a blast watching this show, and I forgot how really good this show. I mean, I started a, a few years ago, and I stopped because other shows got my attention during that time period. So when I was like, what can be a good show that we can talk about? And I know Sharon and Passing said we should discuss Handmaid's Tale. I'm like, Awesome. Yeah. I wanna, and I told this holiday, I was like, I want to bring on some ladies to have this um, discussion because how can I sit here and discuss this show for an hour being the enemy? So, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So I brought in the ladies, these fine young ladies here to help me through this as we waddle our way through The Handmaid's Tale. So, Sharon, if you were to give your rating on scale one to five on Handmaid's Tale season one, season one, what would you give it? One to five. I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give it a four and a half too. I'll half. go with four and a half. Okay. I'm just you know because I was I also binge watched it because I didn't know about it till these guys had been watching it and people at work were talking about it and I was like I have no idea. It sounds very bizarre. Mm-hmm. So it did take a little bit to get into only because I was I'm not exactly into women being subservient. So I was kind of bothered. By it, and it was just. But then, yeah. when you if you stopped, then you don't get to see that it's the women actually the progression. Yeah, yes. they, they have, see it's there because of that. It 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 makes you the the writing is good because if the writing makes you uncomfortable. Perfect job. Yes, and that and that is something that I believe that was done properly. If I could just sit back there and just like snooze through it though, why waste my time? Mm. This is a this is a thought provoking piece of, of uh, media here, which I really, really actually gravitated to. Something to have a gra- glass of wine over and talk about. Could get a little scary conversation though. It could. Oh, I mean, it got scary here. I, mean, I was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. We'll see how your uh, fan base thinks. Yes. Well, the the fan base has been pretty um, receptive of our stuff so far, and. You know, I appreciate them listening. You know, I mean, I do this every every single week, though. But I want to thank the people who listen and download and share this podcast because we, myself and Holly, we do enjoy doing this for you guys every so often. You know, we have a decent schedule. You know, sorry for the last episode beforehand was kind of late, but I try to do my best by uploading the best quality that we can without any background noise and interruptions. Yeah, it takes a little bit of time, but we're trying to keep up with our one a week schedule. And you know, I mean, it's we've know, done pretty well so far. Yeah, I mean, we you know we have a busy, and that's background noise right there too as well. But we you know we have a pretty busy life. You know, Holly is a healthcare provider. I work as well, not healthcare, but I work in IT, and we have just lives outside of this whole thing as well. But we do try to make sure that we get you guys content as much as possible. You know, so thank you. You know, I want to thank Hang Amy. On. Before you do that, you need to ask Amy her 
Amy doesn't matter. Reading. <laughs> no, no, don't get her. Don't get her going. She's, well, Amy's a Jezebel. So okay. You are in trouble. <laughs> she's, she's a, a Jezebel. Jezebel. <laughs> I say I'd give season one a four because, like I said in the beginning, I didn't really. It took a while for me to. It took a couple episodes for you yeah, to get to into get it. into it. Did you but give then, it? So I have to think about this. Right? I give it. I give every show. I give it three episodes before I go. This show sucks. You, how many did you give it? Like three episodes as well, three or four before you say I'm, I'm done with this or. Um, I didn't. There was nothing else on, so I kept going with it. <laughs> so you kept going. Okay. But I went. I was like, I don't know where this is going, and it was really hard to pick up on. But like, now you're happy you stuck with it. Oh yeah, because the other two seasons that are out there, five, five. What? Yeah. Okay. Oh, now you got people going. Okay. Okay. You know what? I think if this episode actually gets received quite well, we will have you guys back to discuss season two. <laughs> yes. I am interested in what goes on in season two. Oh, you is... haven't seen it? Because... No, he has not. Um, because season four was supposed to come out this fall, but now I'm reading through and it says that season four will be hopefully late spring, early summer next year. Okay. So, that's, that's you fine. know, less yeah, than a year away. So, yeah, we got a little bit, but that's okay. Four, I get it. Yeah. So are they taking it completely from the book? We're I'm we, not sure. We passed the book. Oh, we're, we passed the book. Yeah. Oh, wait. I haven't really? read the oh, book, okay. so I don't know. I didn't finish the book, but okay. I can't, I gave it to I can't even read because you know I'm a handmaid. <laughs> <laughs> so it's passed the book. Yeah. So the rest of it is. So it's all. This like is just, all kind of now. And then there was that second book that was kind of hard to figure out, and then it was. It's very good. It's kind of past. That is like beyond where the where show is. Where we are right now. Interesting. Okay. okay. Hmm. Cool. Interesting. See you guys. So, so read the book. Watch the show. Yeah. Do all that. Stay literate so you don't end up a handmaid. Fingers crossed. Very right? true. <laughs> fingers, fingers, fingers crossed. <laughs> so thank you, Amy, for coming. Sharon, Amy, thank you again for stopping by. You know, thank you for asking us. Yes, thank yeah, you. it was a blast having you guys. And like I said, hopefully if this thing gets received well, we'll have you guys back for part two of The Handmaid's Tale. Yay! But a couple of announcements, obviously. Um, next, well, as we're going into October, it's going to be scary. Horror My month. favorite time of year, it's going to be scary. So Yay. look forward to some breakdowns of some of the best horror films that I watched in the past 20 plus years of my life. Yeah, what? what? Like what? Yeah. What are, we, what are we looking forward to? Okay, well, I don't well know, we can't like, tell you. Oh, you can't tell us. Sorry. It's a surprise. It's a scary But there surprise. will be some American shows slash movies and some Korean. So be prepared. I'll give you a little hint though about this, you know, it's going to be, uh, it involves it's something you can't see. It always follows you. That's one of the horror films right there. It's probably one of my favorite horror films of all time. It's really good. Ooh. It's, you know, I'll tell you, it's, it follows. It's amazing. Okay. <laughs> it's coming soon. And we have, a, uh, we have a guest for that show, too, as well. Uh, hopefully he can make it. Uh, he's a huge horror buff as well. And we bonded over our shared love of the creepiness. So I want to say thank you to Sharon. Thank you to Amy for amazing insight. Thank you for coming, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank people who listen in America, Germany, and Australia for some reason. <laughs> Thanks for uh, staying tuned with us. And for the show, I've been Rich. Holly. Thank you, and stay safe. Bye, guys.